Support for KZSU comes from Modeler.com, a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com provides tools for architects, designers, and construction professionals to discover, discuss, and specify products for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect. KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org. From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast, featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado, this is Tom Dioro. Thank you, Shay. For our guest today, please welcome Bill Hayward, CEO of Hayward Lumber and Hayward Healthier Homes, a Bay Area-based firm dedicated to positively impacting human health and committed to building systems that work together synergistically to improve the indoor living environment. For more information, you can visit haywardlumber.com and haywardhealthyhome.com. Bill, we're excited and honored to have you on the Modern Architect today. How are you? Tom, great. Great to be here. Excellent. Also, please mention the um, uh, the score, the Hayward score and the website. It's... Uh, Hayward. Yeah, so our newest development is Hayward Score, and it's a personalized assessment of your okay. home's air quality, its impact on your health, and how to fix it. And that's HaywardScore.com. So if anybody, while we're talking, has interest, go online, do it, and uh, see what happens to your house. Excellent. Um, what what got you interested in in uh, in your your industry with the uh, the materials with uh, the healthier environment? Is there an incident? Uh, is there something that you grew up with? What what kind of sparked that sort of inspiration? Well, that's a, a two part answer. It is okay. So yeah. I was born more or less with sawdust in my veins. I'm the fourth generation to run what's <laughs> like now a hundred year old company, and so there's a lot of history. You're born of sawdust. with sawdust in your blood. That's awesome. So we've been we've been around houses for a hundred years, and okay. My wife and I bought a house in 08, and we got sick in it. And truly, that was a shock for me, because I thought I knew a lot about houses, and I didn't think houses could make people sick. So it turns out, as we tried to recover and get our family through the process, I literally, our youngest daughter stopped growing during the year that we were in the house. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the house had significant mold in it, a lot of dampness, a lot of wetness, and it wasn't an old house. It was a, a house in Pebble Beach that was built in 2001. It was just built poorly, a lot of defects. It allowed moisture to accumulate, things to grow in the house, and we got sick. So we started to do some research, right, to, to, at first to just save my family, to help my family mm-hmm. be, be healthy. And we started the Hayward Healthy Home Institute to really look at the issue. We discovered half the homes in America are impacting people's health. Half of them is really yeah half of the homes in the entire country. So the first part of the discovery was this: I would tell somebody like you my story, okay. and half the people I'd tell would tell me one back, like I don't feel well in my house now. My friend, my daughter doesn't feel well. It's happening to me. Then we looked at the EPA statistics, and they said, "Oh yeah, it's half the homes in America." kind of blown away, really. Yep. I, I never didn't know it was that significant. And now we have thousands and thousands of data points through Hayward Score, and it's half the homes in America. Wow. Wow. And, and so yours was built in 2001, that yeah. recent? Yeah. And so, so what about all the other homes that are built even in 50 years ago? Are they, are they worse or not necessarily any worse than the home that you were in in 2001? 
you know, it really depends. What, what impacts a home is either there's a water event, right? okay. a significant water event. Something leaks. A nice machine leaks. There's, uh, the radiant system leaks. The water heater leaks. The wall gets in the walls. It's unrepaired, and things start to grow. Okay. So that's kind of the, the incident. Uh, if the home wasn't really built to adapt to the microclimate, and here in California, you know, you have one climate, actually the most perfect climate in the world here at Stanford, and <laughs> then you go a little bit ways, and you're on a mountaintop, and the wind's blowing, and the fog's in, and you go somewhere else and it's a different climate. Sure. Each home has to adapt to the different climate. But there's a second and less understood part. As we live in our house, we produce a lot of moisture, right? So I have five kids, okay. seven of us, three dogs. That's a lot of moisture. <laughs> it's about 20,000 gallons a year. Just between all of you? All aspiration, perspiration, cooking, laundry, and cleaning. Say that again. Was it 20,000 gallons you were emitting? For the, our size family. Oh, wow. That water's got to go somewhere. Okay. So the second law of thermodynamics... Water's always going from warm to cold. We know that when we put a glass outside, right? You see condensation on the glass. What we don't think about is that we put a beautiful shower in the master bathroom. It's the master suite, right? Okay. And you take a big shower, and half of America doesn't run their bath van. And over here in the walk-in closet, it's a little cooler, and it's on the side with the tree without the view, and all that humidity is going into the closet. And then you find your shoes with something growing on it, and you wonder why. <laughs> yeah. It's not a mystery. It's the yeah. second law of thermodynamics. You okay. pull the couch out. This happens in the Bay Area. You pull the couch out, big black circle on the oh, wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Moisture's accumulating in the cool spots. You open the linen closet. Your sheets smell a little funny. Moisture's accumulating in the cool spots, and they become biology experiments. Oh, no. That's a nice way of putting it. Um, so how, how when did you begin to really address this uh, formally or... or yeah. When did you say, you know what, we, we, we've got to do something about this? Yeah, so in the process of discovering helping my family get healthy, okay. I started to realize that 80% of construction defect litigation is over waterproofing. And I became personally committed to the great waterproofing. I started to look at it and understand it and do the hydrothermal modeling. And I walked out to the job sites that, that I toured on a regular basis mm -hmm. for my job, and half the homes were being waterproofed incorrectly. And I thought, it is the 21st century. <laughs> we do have materials beyond black paper, which is yeah. still a commonly used, extremely likely to fail product in building. And we're still using a lot of black paper. We're not even using advanced waterproofing systems. And then when we are, they're installed wrong. So, of course, people are going to get sick. My goodness. So how, how is this being addressed? If Is it even being addressed at a, at a legislative level? The, just, just those numbers are huge. Yeah, so the, yeah. Co the code... You know, if you look at the history of codes, there were first sanitation codes way back, and fire codes after the Chicago fire, and then earthquake codes, and wind shear codes. And 2012, the first indoor air quality code. So 2012. Okay. 2012. Okay. Still being implemented because, you know, code yeah. years and real years are very different. We still haven't implemented some of the codes. But they f required a fresh air ventilation component in the 2012 code. Now, most houses don't have fresh air. This is going to come to shock to you. Yeah, it is. I'm already shocked here. Okay, just, so I'm going to ask you a question. Are, are you ready for this one? When all the doors and windows are closed in your house, where does the air you breathe come from? I think wherever your room is, your house is. Right, so we get yeah. the air. So how does yeah. it get in the house? So people will probably think about that and say, well, you know, it gets in through cracks. Oh, plenty of them. And the yeah. crawl space. And the attic. But those are the most filthiest places. And the wall. And would any of that be called fresh air? No. Not so much. Yeah. Right? So it turns out the air we breathe in our houses is not fresh air. It's infiltration air. And it infiltrates in the random dark undercarriage of the house. Oh, right? <laughs> come on. I so mean... here's the building science statistics. 40% in Bay Area homes mostly have crawl spaces. 40% of the air you breathe is coming in through the crawl space. So if you don't think you want to go down there and take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that bad. 40%. Yep. So you, you had asked oh, one of the watershed moments in my own experience. My wife and I are sick. We're in this house. Our daughter, I'm taking to the, to, to the doctor all the time. She's got green stuff coming out of her nose. I don't <laughs> feel good. I am tired. I'm exhausted. I can't think clearly. I'm literally at the point where I'm thinking, I, I think I need to sell my business. I can't even think clearly enough to run my business. My wife's having different symptoms. She's trying to get pregnant. Not happening. We got immediately pregnant with the first child. 
So the doctor for, for the fertility doctor says, you know, if we're going to do another in vitro, you should probably leave your house. I don't know if mold's impactful, but I don't think if your body's under assault, it's a good idea for you to be there. Asked you to leave? Suggest we leave. Oh, suggest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So at the same time, I was fed up with it because I was tired of all this. So I had the mold, quote, inspector come out and said, I don't care what it costs. It test every room. Okay. He tests every room. And, and the crawl spaces in the house. And he comes back and he says, well, house not too bad, but there's a lot of mold in the crawl space. But don't worry about it because you don't live in the crawl space. Now, I had read some building science on this. And a friend of mine says, you know, it's hard mentally to kind of understand this issue of where your air is coming from. So go in the crawl space, spray a little lemon pledge, have your wife be up in the house. And if it comes up into the house, then you know it's a problem. When you said a little, just like a spritz? A, a spritz. Okay. So literally, her on her cell phone, I on mine. I go down to the basement in the crawl space, and I one squirt. And within seconds, she's like, oh, my God, I can smell it. I can smell it everywhere. And that was the shocking moment. I mean, that was it. I was like, oh, my. <laughs> all of this is really in my house. Yeah. And, oh. and we had a new baby. Like, literally, our baby's crib was in the crawl space, if you think about it. This is not good. <laughs> So that, that was the watershed moment. That was literally the moment. It was, it was like 7 o'clock at night. We sat and talked and talked. We finally decided at 11 o'clock we'd pack everybody up and we'd leave. Wow, you knew the times even. That's yeah. how much it was. <laughs> yeah, August of 09. Oh, even the, the year, the yeah. month, the date, oh, the time? to the day. Because okay. it was a big moment. We'd been yeah. in the house for a year and a half. It was our dream house. Oh, we moved out. It was actually a nightmare. Thing. It was. It was. And we moved out, and as soon as a week passed, we were starting to feel better. Things were improving. It took a couple of years to fully recover. Yeah. But there we were with this knowledge. And I'm thinking to myself, Hayward Lumber has 5,000 builders or customers. They're going to get sued. I got to do something to protect my builders. I got to help my builders understand how to build better houses. Yeah. So that was the start. That's right? awesome. So what did we okay. do? We... We hired this guy um, who was an expert and came from the National Center for Healthy Homes. It turns out there is a national center, so there are organizations working on it. And we started to to focus on principles that builders and architects could understand. You can go deep. You can read ASHRAE 62.2. You can read all these requirements and specifications, and I read them, and they're so painful and boring. So we wanted to make it accessible to everybody. So we came up with four principles to a healthy home. So for... Principles of a Hayward Healthy Home, continuous fresh air. Continuous fresh air, okay. Right. We just talked about houses yeah. don't have fresh air, so yeah. it would be kind of nice to add fresh air. In fact, it turns out that fresh air is an innovation in home building. Hold on. Wait, how is that? That's my point. Like, okay. how did that happen? Okay. Whose oversight was that? The code didn't require it. And in the old days, houses leaked a lot of air. Right? So if you measure the amount of leakage that a house has, an older house, an older Bay Area house, probably leaks the volume of its air seven to ten times an hour. You pay to heat it, it leaks. Pay to heat it, it leaks. <laughs> okay? So from not good from sustainability or energy, but that's how the air got through. Now we tighten the houses up, and the code says make them tighter yet, and now the air can't get out. So back to this idea of continuous fresh air. We're warm, we're heating, air's rising. So air's rising, and it's constantly pushing. Think hot air balloon. It's pushing to escape out of the upper half of the house, and it's sucking from the lower half of the house replacement air in. So it's sucking it through the crawl space. It's sucking it along the plate where the wall meets the, the frame. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, that's where the pest control guy sprays, <laughs> just outside <laughs> stop, that. Stop. Right? So you get the idea what's coming in. Oh, no. It's coming in. It's sucked in. So think vacuum. Oh, no. Vacuum sucks. Particulate comes in. But once it's in there, it doesn't really get airborne enough. It gets airborne to get in your nose, but it doesn't get airborne enough to suck back out. So what happens in houses is they concentrate outdoor pollutants at a rate of about five times on average, and sometimes up to 80 or 90 times, the outdoor pollutants. Say that again. So the houses concentrate outdoor pollutants. Okay. Because it gets in and can't get out. Up to 80? Up to 80 in some measurements. Right? So they go and they measure freeway pollutants here at the freeway, and then they measure inside the house, and on average it's five times higher in the house. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When they pass the Truth in Housing Act, you're going to have to put a warning label on the house that says, oh, by the way, we forgot to tell you, your house concentrates outdoor pollutants. Oh, is that in the works? or it's something? No, it's not in the works. No, but you could, you could do it, and it would, it would not be inaccurate, would it? It would not be inaccurate, No. Oh my! Yeah, we we in talking in uh, uh, outside before we came in the uh, the, the studio, 
you had said something that just blew me away in, in regards to um, even alongside the ocean, how if, you're, if your home is by a freeway or uh, an interstate, that your ten, was it dementia is increased by 10%? Yeah, so there's been a recent stream this of studies. This is very worrisome. It show that if you live within 1,000 feet of the freeway, your health is under significant risk. So, so 1,000 feet. 1,000 feet. Okay. So it's, you know, a, a, a good, solid par four. Maybe oh, okay. So I, I call them Carmel. We have to talk in golf terms. <laughs> but that's not including, that's just homes. What about like businesses and restaurants? Same, right? Because those pollutants are getting in. So you asked about the study. The studies show that uh, there's a 10% increase in dementia in the group that lives within 1,000 feet of the freeway and significant increase in all forms of illness. Right? And L.A. Times just published one. London published one. They're being published all over the world right now. It's a big topic because the studies are coming in. Oh, my goodness. So when, how recent was this? Within the last 10 years, was it these discovered? Um, I don't know when the first studies hit, but in the last uh, three months is when there's been a proliferation of these studies hitting the media and the articles are being written. Yeah. So do you know if it's increasing year every year? Or decreasing because we have a number of electric vehicles and, uh, you know, there's a lot of um, regulations for, you know, any pollutant uh, emittance. But I don't know if anyone's ever done any studying or any findings that it's actually it may be a little less or it actually has increased in the last, say, since 2010. Not would be unclear whether it's increased or not, but yeah. it's, it's a significant hazard. and. Unless Tesla can build cars faster. <laughs> yeah, but people have to want them too. Yeah. And that, that segues into this next one is how is this ever, is this going to reach a tipping point in your experience to where everyone is at least aware? They may not be doing anything about it, but they're at least aware of, uh, uh, of the dangers and the hazards of this. Yeah. So my experience on that tells me that the building and construction trades are very slow to change okay true and it's in part because their whole world is built on building something that i can guarantee and if i vary from how i've always built it there's risk perceptive right so not real the other part of the story is they don't really know that the average person wants a healthy home have you ever heard a builder say would you like the healthy home or would you like the toxic home with bad air quality (laughs) but they're gonna get the toxic if he doesn't say anything right so it turns out half of America is susceptible to this issue. and it's, no, no, yeah, continue, please. I was going to say, it's really, in my opinion, going to the trades and going to the architects, it's an important step, but a very slow step. So our goal is to go to the community, to the consumers, to the people, and show them what healthy home is and create a tool that drives demand for healthy home. Oh, I like that. You're listening to The Modern Architect, KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. Arts Earth is a nonprofit media organization headquartered in San Francisco Bay Area that promotes the arts worldwide by providing complete event promotion for artists, organizations, promoters, and venues. Arts Earth covers dance, film, literature, music, theater, visual arts, and multimedia featuring original reviews of performances, exhibits, and showings, fundraisers, and live engagements worldwide by Arts Earth staff. For more information, please visit artsearth.org. That's artsearth.org. Thank you. Now back to The Modern Architect. We're talking today with Bill Hayward, CEO of Hayward Lumber and Hayward Healthier Homes. For more information, please visit haywardlumber.com and haywardhealthyhome.com. Bill, you were, you were, you were saying how you're, it's the, the industry slow to respond or properly uh, even properly respond, so you're going directly to the homeowners and consumers. Um, how long did it take before you discovered that either you knew right out of the way, hey, these guys, are, they're, they're not going to understand this, so I'm going to go directly to the people who are in it and then kind of create the demand and the, uh, um, the tipping point for this by going directly to the people who actually are living in the houses? You know, it comes from my years of history in, in the lumber business. Okay. When, back in 99, we became really committed to sustainability, and we were, in fact, the first lumber company in the country to stock and sell FSC-certified lumber. We developed an environmental supply, and we were named Dealer of the Year for that. 
Right? So here I am t trying to tell the story of sustainability and green building, and everybody thought we were crazy because back then nobody even talked about green building. And for 10 years I was telling the story, and very little happened. Finally, you see more green building, but you don't see a huge, huge movement to true sustainability. Why? Well, it turns out only about 20% of the population is actually willing to pay for that incremental step, and they're sort of saving the planet. You know, so it's not I'm paying, but it's for the planet. It's not for me. I personally believe in that, but yeah. it's not for everybody. But when you describe health and you describe health impacts in a house, and you tell somebody the story we just I just told you about air quality and how it impacts your health, and you ask people, do you have allergies, asthma, or chemical sensitivities, and they start to say, oh yeah, yeah, my daughter does. Oh, I don't feel good. I don't like it when I'm behind a diesel bus. No, I'm, I really don't like it when I walk down the chemical supply aisle of the supermarket. Now they're connecting with something that tells them they're chemically sensitive, which they didn't know before. I just thought everybody was that way. Yeah. Right, so then you say, oh, by the way, in your house it concentrates, and here are some of the things you may be experiencing in your house. Oh, my gosh, I do want a healthy house. That's something I really care about. Now it's self-interest. Okay, all right. We drink bottled yeah. water, right? Why wouldn't we want fresh, clean air in our house? Yeah. Especially when we know how much it can impact our health. Yeah. And so when you use health, people make a decision based upon self-interest. But when you build a healthy house, you build a tighter house, a more energy-efficient house, a non-toxic house, a sustainable house. It's good for the planet, and it's good for you. Yeah. So it's a win-win. Yeah. So how have you – say, well, let's go back a couple of years. Um, from today to, say, two years ago, do you see the interest growing do you have a percentage of people that are really interested in healthier homes as opposed to, say, take 2015? Is it pretty significant or uh, – Yeah. I don't know if you if you quantify it like that. but Well, so if you were to go online, okay. you would see a huge proliferation of indoor air quality sensors, indoor air quality instruments, tools that you can put in your house. Um, hottest thing at the Consumer Electronics Show were these instruments and instrumentation. So now for $150, you can buy a, a device, put it in your house. It will tell you your air quality, your particle count, your VOC count, your CO2 count. So people are really buying them, getting okay. excited about it. The, the connection to health is still unclear, but people know deep down there's an impact. Yeah. So there's a proliferation and an awareness. You're seeing more and more articles posed. You're also seeing discussion that 80% of illness is environmentally uh, transmitted, right? Well, Say that again. 80% of illnesses illness. are environmentally? Yeah. So 80? they're carried in the oh, air. Oh. They're carried in the toxins we're exposed to. They're carried in the chemicals we're exposed to. We spend 90% of our time indoors. Sure. So <laughs> Hayward score, the, the goal of Hayward score is to create this score. So let's say you get yeah. your Hayward score. So Hayward score is uh, what's the website? HaywardScore.com. Hayward okay. If you were to, to get, go online, you would take about 10 minutes. You'd answer around 30 questions. The algorithm would process it everything about where your location is, the, the weather conditions, the outdoor elements, indoor elements, and how your patterns of living affect your house and give you a score. So you get like maybe an 80 or a 70 or a 60. Your number would describe the impact on your health. Your number would describe uh, impact on your health, um, and then it would pr provide a report that tells you how to fix it. Right? So what did the J.D. Power score do? It was a safety score for cars. Okay, yeah. So automobile manufacturers weren't that interested in upgrading the safety because it costs more. Oh, we can't afford to do that, right? Really? That was, I don't know, but th that was the... Out of the history. Okay. Right? So J.D. Power said the safety score, and you had to post it on your car, and mothers said, I am not buying a car that's a 5 out of 10 <laughs> to drive my children around in. And all of a sudden, the manufacturer stood up and said, oh, somebody cares. So we believe the Hayward score over time is that index. and. Yeah. People will say, I, I don't really don't want to live in a house that's a 42. <laughs> I want to live in a house that's 85 or better. Yeah. How do we build a better house? And when that consumer demand turns on and they come to their builders and the track production builders and say, I want a house that's healthier, that's when we'll see housing change. Okay. So, so it's, it's obviously it's growing. Um, we have a great, you have a great graphic on the, on the website and obviously we can't show it on the, on the radio, but, uh, Describe a little bit about how did you how you came up with the, the the graphic, which is great, and simplified it. Yeah, so so that was a result of a lot of work and a lot of field experience. But when people think about being sick in their house and they talk to their doctor, the doctor typically says, "Well, that's in your head. That doesn't really exist." 
Okay, this is well-documented science, and many health institutes understand it at a deep level, but most doctors, that doesn't really exist. The second thing is they say, well, it, it's just a mold allergy, right? You're just having an allergic reaction. So the symptom tree that we're showing, and you can find it on haywardscore.com, you see emotional changes, respiratory changes, cognitive changes, and other physical reactions. Because when you're being impacted by chemicals or damp, wet houses, it's usually two to three, maybe four symptoms. It's not just one. So it confuses doctors. There are cognitive changes, frequent headaches, foggy thinking, sleep disturbances, short-term memory loss, discomfort in the stomach, uh, lower back pain, um, congestion, multiple sinus congestions, respiratory changes, heart rate changes. Right? It's a combination. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we'll be talking to somebody who's been in their house for a while, and they'll say this to me. They say, Bill, you know, I just don't feel myself. Uh, I've been testing, been to the doctor twice, done blood tests. I'm going back again. He doesn't really know what's going on. And so I'll ask this one question. Have you had a recent water event? And they'll say, oh, yeah, six months ago, the, the roof came in and soaked a wall, but they cleaned it. I say, how long have you been going to the doctor and feeling like this? Six months. <laughs> and the light bulb goes off, right? Or so in the Bay Area. It's, it's funny, but it's <laughs> no, sad. I know. Okay. Here in the Bay Area, um, sinus infections are pretty common. Right? If you go to the Mayo Clinic, you know, and there's well-documented studies, it says 90% of sinus infections are fungal. But how are they treated? Just with allergens or pills? And antibiotics. Or, yeah. Antibiotics don't treat fungal infections. So when the, somebody's coming back to their doctor for the second or third time with a sinus infection, if the doctor asks, had you had a recent water event, do you have a crawl space? Do you have old carpet? And correlate that with the sinus infections, you'd find that the house was causing the problem, not just some random source. Oh, my goodness. This is enormous. So this, this tree was, the, the goal of the tree was to, to let anybody look at it and say, oh, you're right, I am experiencing a set of those symptoms. Now that validates my experience that the house may be causing the problem. Because, again, you go back to your doctor and 90% of the cases say, no, it's not your house. The medical profession today doesn't really get it. Now, the insurance industry in some parts of the country does. In the case of asthma, if you're seeing multiple asthma attacks, they will pay for a healthy home inspection and the $15,000 intervention or 5000 or whatever it is to fix the house because it's cheaper than the emergency room visits. Oh, yeah. Where is this Where is this occurring, do you know? It's in some back east in some parts of the uh, country. Okay. Is there a way to kind of in, 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 I, incite, might be not the right word, but um, to get them to move on this? Because it's, it's this is significant. Well, so we hope that Hayward Score, as we develop hundreds of thousands of data points, will help the insurance company come to grips with this. The ones that have have done it on their own research and, and studies like the Mayo Clinic or their own correlations that, oh, the house is bad. Okay, so the science is there. The numbers are there. There's probably more studies done to quantify that this that, that, that um, you know the houses are, are, are basically polluted, everyone's. Um, do you foresee in the five, six years that this may be ever reach a mainstream, for lack of a better word, a mainstream awareness? Yeah, I think it will will reach mainstream awareness over the next five to ten years. Yeah. Now, if you look at the America, very low understanding, and our houses, generally speaking, compared to other uh, developed countries, are health degrading. Generally speaking, American Ours are, are worse? Worse. European first world construction is much better, and they addressed these problems 20 years ago. Hold on a second. Okay, so... A home, let's say a home in uh, a home in Europe, it was built 200 years ago. It may be better off than a home that was built 10 years ago here. Not, not, not I'm, I'm reaching, but. Uh, but the answer to that is yes. Oh no! I was hoping it wouldn't be. You can have some bad 200-year-old <laughs> houses, be. but the Europeans, <laughs> if you think of the older houses, they were building the same way for a thousand years. They figured out a lot of these problems a long time ago and kept the same practice. Okay. Then we went to modern construction, and we had all kinds of different tools. It didn't work out so well. <laughs> so the Europeans like developed that. fresh air ventilation systems. So remember, we talked about continuous fresh air as principle one. Okay. Yeah. So continuous fresh air, non-toxic materials, properly sealed and insulated, and cleanable surfaces are the four principles. So if the house has infiltration air, the answer is tighten the house up and fill it with fresh air. 
well, you need a, a lung for a house or the fresh air machine. So the Europeans <laughs> developed what are called HRVs, heat recovery ventilators. And it's a, a box that pulls air in from a clean source outside, exchanges the temperature in the outdoor air with the indoor air so you're not wasting energy, and then pushes the air out to your living spaces and bedrooms. So you're supplying in the living spaces and bedrooms and exhausting or pulling the stale air out of the kitchen, laundry room, and bathroom where you create moisture. When you have a house that's tightly sealed and filled with fresh air, you walk in, no odors. You may have pets, no odors. It's clean air. And people who have allergies, if they come visit my house or houses that are done like this, they'll be in the house for about 10 minutes and they'll look at me and they'll say, hey, I've got allergies. <laughs> like it's your fault. I, I, and I don't feel them here. Like I'm not feeling them in your house. What's going on? How did that happen? Because I've never had this yeah. experience. I want more of this. How do I get more of this? Yeah. That's how impactful it is. Yeah. So how, how can someone say, say uh, um, what's, what's the worst uh, scenario that you've experienced? Is there's got to be one or two that you can go, oh, no, I know this, this one place was out of this world. Is there? Are there a couple you can recall that were like unbelievable? Well, I think in, in especially in the Bay Area, we can all remember a soggy house we walked in. A soggy house, yeah. Right? You walk in and it's like, oh, that smells so bad. How do you live in here? Or, or are we at an apartment or a dorm? Or dorm room. I was right? going to say that. Yeah. If you can smell it, you've got a problem. Really? So that's the first indicator. Oh, yeah. Okay. Trust your nose. Trust your senses. Okay. If you can smell it, you've got a problem. If you find you've got a house and you just don't like to go in a certain room anymore, you just everybody, you avoid it, that's probably where your problem is. Our senses are really innate to be able to pick this stuff up. We've just learned to mask it. What you usually see is somebody has that experience and then they buy an air freshener or they burn <laughs> incense, right? Or they do something to mask the problem that's already in the house. So that's really what's going on. It has been going on. Is there ma- we're all masking. We're masking it. Okay, so we're masking it. So uh, back to that question again, if you've been in, in a house that you're like, oh, this is terrible. And, how, how, and then you've brought it to a healthy home. Yeah. How how long is the process? How how uh, what was involved in doing that? So I've got two two okay. stories on that. Okay. I have my my own experience. My wife and I uh, were trying to buy a house in Carmel after we got sick in this house, and we realized we needed a pretty. <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's sick, but it's just too bad that you I mean you had this dream house and you had to leave it. Right. <laughs> we did. It was super sad. Our kids were sad. <laughs> oh, no. We lived in three different houses trying to find the right place and. So here we are. We probably toured 175 open houses over a year and a half. Oh, God. I love the built environment like you. Yeah, yeah. So I was okay. Okay. So it was okay, yeah. But if we toured 175, 150 of them, we reacted in. They were soggy. That's how prevalent it was in our fog-laden area. (laughs) Right? So it was pretty prevalent. Okay. So we finally buy an older house, built in the turn of the century, single-wall construction. I'm thinking... We know a lot about this stuff. We yeah. can fix it. We're in escrow. <laughs> and we walk into the thing in escrow, and um, it had just rained. And when I walked through the door, the odor was so bad, my <laughs> eyelids rolled back. I mean, literally rolled back. And my wife put her hands on her hips and said, now what are we going to do? Oh, no <laughs> way. Oh, we got to get back to that. This is The Modern Architect on KZSU, Stanford 90.1 FM. The Green Dog Rescue Project is dedicated to helping dogs thrive by socializing in a pack, as nature intended. The Green Dog alleviates the stresses experienced by dogs that come from a sheltered environment. Let's face it, if you are homeless and confined to a small space with bars or glass doors, you'd be stressed too. Green Dog's pack model results in balanced dogs, making them more adoptable and better equipped to succeed in our human world. To donate, to provide for food, veterinary services, and more, visit thegreendogproject.com. That's thegreendogproject.com. Thank you for tuning in. This is The Modern Architect. We're talking today with Bill Hayward, CEO of Hayward Lumber and Hayward Healthier Homes. For more information, please visit haywardlumber.com and haywardhealthyhome.com. Go, Bill, let's touch on that again. So you were looking at 175 houses. You walked in the house. Yeah, it started to rain. Your wife had hands on hips and says, now, what? okay, then what'd you do? What, what, how did you respond to all that? Because it, it sounds exhausting. I did what any good husband would do. Panic. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I got the visual is. really clear, too. Right? Yeah. Hands on the hip. Yeah. Now, and so she looks at me and she goes, 
you've been talking about this for long enough. Why don't you build a healthy home? Like, oh, okay. So we took our 100 years of experience at Hayward, all the work that I had done in becoming a building scientist, the work that Carl had done with healthy homes, all of our field experience, and we turned it into this set of principles, the ones I just said, mm -hmm. continuous fresh air, properly sealed and insulated, non-toxic materials, and continuous and um, cleanable surfaces. Yeah, but that's so simple, but I can. there's a lot of work that went into there's making that There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. And we built a house to the standard. And it was really challenging to get the builders on board with the differences in the way that it needed to be built. It's actually quite simple, and once a builder does it once, they've done the brain damage, it's easy to do again. Brain damage. But, okay. but, it's, but it's, it's hard, because they're not used to building really tight, and they're not used to waterproofing really well, and they're not at all used to buying materials that are non-toxic. Yeah. We spent 2,000 hours researching the materials. 2,000. Right? Well, I do that often, but anyway, no, go. That's it. So, and we made yeah. that list public. That list, we decided to donate it. We, okay. So it's it's on HaywardHealthyHome.com under our evaluated products list. So anybody... Oh, so you our, donated it. Oh, we wow. did. It was our donation to cost-effective healthy home because yeah. we want not just us who could afford to do it, everybody to be able to do it. Yeah. All right? So here we are. We finished this this home. It's fantastic. The air quality is great in it. We did a ton of testing. We did a ton of learning. What's the time frame for all this? Uh, it was a typical build. From hands-on hips to? Uh, two years. Two years, okay. Yeah. That's about how long, by the time you get the permits and the plans okay. and everything done. Um, we have a family, five kids, my wife and I, we live in it. That's awesome. It feels good to be in the house. <laughs> we bring a lot of couples who are thinking about building in and they notice the difference immediately. It's quiet. It's really quiet. When you make a house really tight, you don't hear the outdoor noise. Yeah. You don't hear the street noise. You don't hear the construction next door. The air's healthy. You sleep better. And with five kids, you'd think we'd be getting sick all the time. <laughs> Something will come home. It'll last about two days, and it won't get shared around the family. Whereas the other families we talked to, oh, it's our third round of this. <laughs> it's gone around. Right? So yeah. these are anecdotal um, experiences that we have, but those are mirrored by the 20,000 families around the world who have built things like passive houses that yeah. are generally built healthier and the European studies. So we're not the only ones to experience it, Yeah, but it's new here. Okay, so you asked the question. Yeah, that, that was a big step. We could afford to do that. We wanted to create that path for all others to follow. So for, for most houses... If you decide, if you, let's say your Hayward score is low and you look at it and you say, yeah, I can see I've got a problem. I need to make some changes. What are we talking about really? Well, we may be talking about getting rid of your carpet. Europeans got rid of wall-to-wall -wall carpet 20 years ago. If you remove an old carpet, it usually weighs 150% of its original weight. <laughs> and you don't want me to tell you what's in it. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> just, just take a shot. Yeah. It's skin cells, it's flakes, it's chemicals, it's organic chemistry off the street, it's uh, heavy metals, it's all of these things that get tracked in and held in the carpet. And then when you walk on it, they re-aerosolize, which means they get reintroduced in the air and spread around and then you breathe them. So if you have a house that's pumped full of fresh air, it's pumping that particulate out because it's cycling the air out once every two hours. It's reducing the CO2 in the house when you're trying to sleep. Often, in an American bedroom in the winter, when, when the windows are closed, the CO2 may get up to 14, 16, 1800. You'd like it well under 800 for optimal health and cognition. Right? Cognition. So, Good word. Yeah. So, yeah. so let me touch yeah, on yeah, yeah. that for a second. I'm going to show um, a slide from what's called the cognitive study that was done by the T.H. Chan School for Public Health at Harvard uh, in conjunction with Syracuse. And it's an amazing, land-breaking study. It looked at air quality inside of the typical office building. And then this group of 26 took a 45-minute cognition test at the end of every day. And if you could see this in front of you, you'd see nine categories of cognition and a brown line and then a bright green line. Brown was what happened in the standard, typical air quality building, and the, the dark green was what happened when you had really good air. Okay, and our, and our audience and listeners can go to... Cognitive study dot com yep. to see to see this okay. Co or cognitive study it'll be under Harvard okay and you'll see this graphic and it shows that cognition improved anywhere between sixty and one hundred and sixty percent in the higher quality air buildings now come on don't we know this like I'm not feeling good I'd like fresh air 
We've we've been I'm, saying I'm, it I'm, all our lives. I'm spe- I'm almost speechless. I'm not supposed to be, but it's like amazing, unreal. <laughs> we say I can't think clearly. I just need some fresh air. Oh yeah, that's that comes out of your mouth. That's that's not even a learned behavior. That's a so the big categories are different: strategy, crisis response, information seeking. Wouldn't police departments benefit? With crisis response and better fresh air. <laughs> I know. Who would ever think of this, though? This is just awesome. It's amazing. So it shows yeah. it. We now have the studies. Like This idea in science of healthy home is now backed by study after study after study. So it's yeah. not only how do I get away from the degradation of my health. It's how do I take my, my human experience to its highest level. How do I get in that environment so I can think more clearly, I can live a better life? Yeah. What's the transition even to uh, here on campus? We use our, our, our buildings. And your, what's your experience with buildings, say two, three, four-story buildings? How's the indoor, the indoor area quality in relation to the homes? Is it, is it magnified significantly or what's your experience? So technically, commercial technically. buildings are supposed to have a 20% fresh air exchange. Okay, yeah. Now, that's way too low. That's one exchange every five hours if it's working. When they measure most <laughs> commercial buildings, it doesn't work at all like that. And the top floor gets the biggest exchange. The middle floors get very little. And the first floor gets more sucking. It sucks it in, right? So traditional ventilation, not so hot. You know when you go in a lead building or, or a, a greener building, people typically say, I can breathe better in here. Yeah, Uh so it's just as it's just as polluted as a residence. Yeah, it overall. is, and sometimes more. Okay, uh, I'll touch on you know here on campus with dorms or even hotel rooms. Is that any more so or less? Well, there's a big study that was just released on dorm rooms and the impact on cognition in dorm rooms and and health, and it goes down significantly in typical dorm rooms. I have often gotten to speak on college and high school campuses, and I'm swarmed by people afterwards that said, I was sick in my dorm room, I didn't feel good in my dorm room, I didn't get good air in my dorm room. Most of our older dorms don't have a fresh air component. And you can open the window, yes, but what do, what do kids typically do? And have you ever walked in your teenager's room in the morning? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? So dorm rooms. <laughs> yeah. Dorm okay. rooms need fresh air. Harvard is really out there saying we have a crisis in public health. Crisis even. Not a, this is their term. We have a crisis in public health. We historically kind of knew it was impactful on health and cognition. We didn't know how bad it is. We've got to get the word out to builders and architects and designers. This is impacting America's health. It is possible, the EPA would say that somewhere in the range of 50% of illness comes from indoor air. I don't think it's that high, but in, we believe north of 25% of the U.S. healthcare spend is a result of the impact of air in our buildings. That's incredible. It reminds me of, uh, uh, you hear the, the fall of Rome and some of the, some of the leaders they were drinking, uh, the lead. lead. Yeah. yeah. Is, is, it, is this our lead? This is our lead. Oh, okay. It is because it's right in our houses right now, and it's getting worse because there's more and more pollutants in our environment. Right? So what we need to do is freshen that air. Now, we're fortunate we can, in the Bay Area, generally bring fresh air in from the outside. In Beijing, that's a different problem. Yeah. Getting oh, my fresh goodness, air yeah. in is a problem. Okay, so yeah, how would you deal with that if if you had that that challenge? So Let's say they say, Bill, you know, we want you to go over to to to, uh, to Shanghai or Hong Kong, and we want we want to see what you can do with at least the indoor quality of the air. What would you do? So first thing, I would try to reduce the toxins that are in the building, and okay. then I would bring air in from the outside. But you'd need massive filtration, okay. massive filtration to try and pull out all the pollutants that are in it. Okay, it's a bigger challenge, and and frankly, there's not super great solutions yet. So it's the same thing for people who live within 1,000 feet of the freeway. There's not really enough filtration to get the air you really want to breathe. Yeah, well, you, you were saying the, the people who live near the, uh, near the, near the freeways, but there's a, a ton of retail. There's a ton of hospitality. There's a ton of restaurants. Right. I mean, I think it, there's a ton of time. Um, how are, are are they made aware too? Is it, I know your fo- your focus is a lot on the residents, but even the commercial industrial hospitality sector are, do you are you experiencing greater interest, or is that another you know you have to you know have a reach out more to them so that they're aware? Yeah, so we're we're certainly experiencing interest. People are, are quickly thinking about the workplace and asking their workplace to be healthier. Now keep in mind, I run lumberyards, right? So I grew up in lumberyards. 
after I got sick, I was so sensitive that I really can't spend much time inside of one of our stores. The chemical impact is too high on me. So after seeing this Harvard study, I thought, well, now this is interesting. <laughs> I've been around lumberyards all my life, automotive stores. The group that works there can tend to be a little grouchy, a little... Well, of course, it would, all those chemicals weighing on your body, right? <laughs> They're so, so we went out and bought a, a huge fresh air ventilation system that okay. we're testing in our Pacific Grove store. And we're pumping 1,000 CFM in. We've tested it. The, CO2, the, the, the exposure to toxins inside the store has been reduced radically. And the um, statements from the guys that work there is, I have more energy, I feel better. Uh, the manager was really funny. His wife, because I was asking him in front of his wife, and she says, you know what? When he came home, he smelled different. I asked him <laughs> if, he'd been, if he'd been going somewhere else after work. <laughs> Did you but, really? But oh. it was really because all of the chemicals that were usually on his clothes coming home were no longer coming home with him. Oh, my goodness. When we, is this just recently? Yeah, okay. three, in the last three months. Okay, so what's in your Pacific Grove? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, s- store and uh, is it, are you going to make those available on your website? You know that sort of those sort of discoveries, or that's kind of in. No, no, we'll put it on our website. We'll oh. publish each of our studies because okay. we want to share this stuff. Yeah, so you're sharing with as many people as possible. How how are you getting g- getting the uh, outreaching to people? Is it through your the builders, your clients, uh, customers, everywhere you can to where they know? Hey, we've got a there's solutions out there. For yeah. This. So we promote it on the Hayward Healthy Home website. Okay. We tell the story. The uptick's been slow. Now, that said, um, I was just at a conference, and one of the speakers said, Bill, three of my slides are off your website. I'm like, oh, cool. Nice. That's yeah. super cool. I still believe that Hayward Score is the way that it's going to get out there. Okay. Because builders and architects and construction folks really don't change till their customer says, hey, you need to do this for me. Yeah. Right? And what you yeah. hear with builders is, oh, yeah, but that's going to drive the cost of the house up. My response is, yes, yeah, sort of in the way that the seatbelt did, right? Would you think about <laughs> buying <one>. a house <laughs> or a car without a seatbelt? Well, of course not. Yeah. Well, eventually we won't think about buying a house without fresh air. And builders will figure out, just like automotive manufacturers did, we'll figure out how to do it cost effectively. Yeah. Okay. So so the response has been, uh, obviously, it's increasing year by year, month, if not month by month. By month. What, um, what's, what were some of the challenges? You've mentioned a lot of them, but what are still some of the challenges in getting people to be aware of this? And how, how um, not just aware, but how, how, they're, how they can actually solve this? So I think, I think it's a shock factor. Right? When I first tell you your house doesn't have fresh air, most people respond with, what do you mean it doesn't? Yeah, it almost sounds offensive. Like, like really? Yeah. Of course it has fresh air. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> who would make such an oversight that it wouldn't have fresh air? It's almost unbelievable. So you kind of have to get over that. But then if you do it the other way, you say, hey, how many of you have ever considered your home's impact in your health? Now, I've done this 100 times in rooms of 30 to 100 people. And you might be thinking, well, I bet 10% of the people would raise their hand. The reality is 50% raise it, sometimes 60%. And so what I usually do is say, look around. And then everybody looks around and goes, oh, wow, this really is a big issue. You're listening to The Modern Architect on KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. The Loop is a radio show featuring electronic music ranging from house to techno to down tempo and everything that's good in the underground. Each week, the show features releases, exclusive mixes, top picks, interviews, and live guest DJs from around the world. That's The Loop with Drew Deep on KZSU, 90.1. Now back to The Modern Architect. We're talking today with Bill Hayward, CEO of Hayward Lumber and Hayward Healthier Homes. You can find them at haywardlumber.com, haywardhealthyhome.com, and... uh, for more information, go to HaywardHealthyHome.com. Bill, tell us about, you know, what, what's something you would like to, to share with our audience that we haven't touched upon or touched on yet? So there's these two issues, right? There's this surprise that my home's impacting my health. But really, most people have had this sneaking suspicion that it was. Sneaking, okay. Right? It's sort of a lurking feeling. I go, the usual response is, I knew it. I knew it. Right? Okay, but then the next response is, oh, no, uh, yeah. can I afford to do something about it? Um, can I? And I don't want people to feel hopeless because I went down mm. this journey. I did feel hopeless. 
It was overwhelming. You experienced it. So yeah. everything that we've tried to do today is to simplify this and say, wait a minute. If you smell it, you've got it. Okay. And it's not complicated to fix it. It's really not. If you think, oh, I've got to find an expert. Is the expert going to take advantage of me? Uh, am I going to have to spend a lot of money on testing? Now it gets really complicated. You've just complicated it in your head. If you keep it simple and say, well, wait a minute. If it's wet, I need to dry it out. Okay. Okay. If I have a crawl space, I need to seal it so that that air isn't getting in my house. If I have old carpet, I need to either vacuum it with a real HEPA vacuum or replace it. If we are in our house and we're a family that cooks a lot, that um, I have five five kids, four daughters, a lot of long showers, right? <laughs> if you're producing long showers and steaming, all of that moisture is collecting ultimately in your walls. Half of America, it turns out, doesn't run the bath fan. Half of America doesn't use the range hood. Simply by changing your pattern, your habits, you can take a bunch of moisture out that's causing problems. So if, if, if it's a typical house, you get your Hayward score back, it says, oh, by the way, your problem is you have a damp crawl space, your forced air is in your crawl space, it's bringing that air up into your house, and it's leaking into your house. You don't have a, a wet wall with a sprinkler hitting it. Yeah. That's when you've got to fix the problem. Yeah. Or an ice machine that's been leaking for a long time. Leaks are really a cause of illness. They really, long, slow leaks tend to create the, the highest rates of illness. But that's that most, most homes have a leak at some point. Right. Every year. Every other year, it turns out. In our research, <laughs> really? we see that okay. in America, <laughs> half the homes have a leak every other year. Right? And what do we do? I know what I did when we were growing up. We had a place in Tahoe. And when it rained, we'd get the buckets out and we'd collect the water. And when it was done, we'd throw it out and we wouldn't think anything of it. That's how we all still think. But it turns out those leaks, they fester in the building materials, stuff grows, and that's how you get sick. So we have to think about it differently. Maintain the house, fix the crawl space, encapsulate it properly, and the specs come to you on Hayward Score. It's a free tool, by the way. Um, And then add fresh air. And so there's either two ways to add fresh air. You're either going to spend some money to do it or you're going to open your windows on a regular basis when the air is good. And how do you know when the air is good? Do you listen to the advisory? or It's it's a funny thing about the human senses. We have 3 million receptors in our nose. We can pick up the tiniest bit of sulfur and no machine can in the air. When when we have that feeling like, oh, the outdoor air feels good, let it in. It usually is. It is. Okay. We actually know how to do this. We've evolved to do it. Now, in Germany, they'll say, 10 minutes out of every hour, open your windows. And I didn't believe that, but I've spent time in Germany because a lot of the advancements in healthy home come from there. And you look up and you see that good Germans do that. They open their windows, (laughs) right? (laughs) Americans, not so much. But if you you want your family to be healthier, open your windows. Buy a high-quality filter for your... um, a furnace and run it in fan only mode and it pulls the particulates out of the air while you're living in the house. Okay. Right? Or put a fresh air machine in. So it's really not that complicated. If you can smell it, you have it. You need to fix it. If there's water, you need to remediate that and get rid of any growth or mold. And then you need fresh air. You need fresh air. Okay. What 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 are some of the um if you can say what are the biggest challenge with this is, and there might be several, and you've addressed a number of them, but what what one or two um, issues or thought processes people go through do you think prevents them from actually doing something about this in, in, a, in a big way? I'm, so, I'm, yeah, it's, it, it's an easy answer. So okay. most people suspect it. They're <clears throat> concerned about it. But what most people encounter in the marketplace is either – Negative affirmation, your doctor says, oh, it's in your head, it's not real. Or predatory affirmation, oh, yeah, you've got a problem, and I'm gonna, you're just going to have to pay me a lot of money to fix it. So we're afraid to, to go out. And so there's a fear factor. It. Yeah, there's a fear factor. Okay. Then the next part is validation. Hey, you know you're experiencing it, but you need validation. So a lot of the tools and the videos on our website tell my personal story or my wife, who's a doctor, telling about how these things impact. And once people look at those, they're like, oh, that's my life. I get it. So there's somebody else out there going through what I go through. And then a third part is, let's say you're in your house and you're having fairly strong impacts. 
you are going to experience it differently than I do. So my wife had one set of symptoms and I had another, which means we didn't validate each other. And couples mm. often get in quite the squabbles over it because they're <laughs> having different experiences. So when I say to a couple, you know, you may be experiencing this in different ways than your wife are, and that may be causing conflict, immediately they'll look at me like, oh, my gosh, yes, that is what's going on for us. Wow. And then they'll look at the website. They'll look at the symptoms. They'll kind of weigh out what they th- what they think is happening. And Hayward Score will, will come back with a three-page report and tell you this is what's happening. This is how it's happening. You look at it, and usually at that point it makes sense. Like, yeah, I get that. I, can, I feel that. I can fix it. I feel empowered. I'm going to fix it. So you got to feel empowered. Empowered. Good word. Has, has anyone ever, or you, uh, qu- tried to quantify the, the, the dollar value of a healthier home? For not just not just for your uh, you know your own health, but uh, you know for doctors' visits, illness, time off work. Has anyone ever t- taken a uh, taken a, a look at that type of uh, measurement? There is not a good um, study that I'm I think it'd be challenging to do. But it's, I don't think it's that challenging. Okay, if you think about the average uh. family, how much daycare do you need? How many times do you scramble to, to take care of the kids? If your house weren't making you sick and you were sick half the time, what would that be worth in your life? Oh, it's priceless. Priceless. Yeah. Right? Plus whatever it happens to long-term health. Because when, when you're being impacted in your, in your house, and particularly in your master bedroom or your sleeping area, then your immune system's not resetting at night. You're not processing the chemicals out of your body at night. And that leads to long-term inflammation. And we all know the studies on inflammation. That's what really is causing long-term health effects, is that your immune system gets out of whack, it's misfiring, and you have inflammation. Yeah. In the insurance companies, we'll bring them back into it. Is have they Are they as interested in, in this as well? So they're starting to get interested, okay. but they need the data. Data, okay. But it sounds like there's a tremendous amount of data available to them. There's right a, now, there's studies, and the studies. Okay, there's studies are different from twenty people, forty people, okay. sixty people. We have thousands and thousands and thousands of people in Hayward Score, oh. right? So the data is starting to become significant. That will help enlighten insurance companies as to how often the home is impacting health. Yeah. So you have you're you're the source for this. I mean, obviously, you took it's a passion, it's a way of life. We hope to be. Yeah, I would think you'd see uh, uh, missionaries around the street just. Telling every household, here's here's what you can do. Have you, have you ever thought of that? I mean, even in a, uh, how could you have it? Uh, uh, in a mass scale to just let every homeowner know that this is, you know, is your house healthy? Right. So the, the yeah. ultimate missionary today is is the Internet, really. And so Hayward Score is accessible. It's free. Anybody can get it. And we've just started our, our public marketing. And eventually we want it to spread by word of mouth to everybody who can look at it and say, Wow, yes, I can improve my health. Our personal goal is to help families live healthy. I like that. So your personal goal is to help families live healthy. Okay. And is is a lot of your focus here in California because you're here in California or you're reaching out to other states as well? Is this it got this to that reaches point? across anybody the world, who speaks really. English in <laughs> North America. And, 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 and not anybody who speaks English. I mean, it's English currently. It's going to be in other languages. So we want it, – it, today it's focused largely on North American construction practices. Okay. So it's and, and eventually it will be different languages. Mm-hmm. And uh, – Oh, this is this is just the onset of it. I wish I can tell the listeners the graphics here. It's really good, but those graphics, as I said earlier, they look really simple. But I know a lot went into making those look that simple. And I think a lot of the processes that you've done, you've done it, got to have done a tremendous amount of work, a lot, a lot more hours, um, just to get it to be where it is now. Yeah, it's taken a, a small team almost three years to fully build this out. And is that almost on a? When I say full time, I'm saying you know that's like 40, 50 hours a week. Yeah. So yeah, all of it's, you, it's been a passion. It's a passion, and it's not going away. No. And are there new? Te- what are some of the interesting technologies? You you mentioned a couple, but some of the interesting technologies that 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 uh, um, have facilitated a healthier home recently. So there's all kinds of tests and tools, <clears> but as you go to the healthy home, and really, it's not just your air. It's things like microbiome and organic chemistry, and there's tremendous instruments that are just being developed that'll let us look more closely at it and understand the mm-hmm. ecosystem. Um, and all of that goes into the algorithms that calculate the health impact in your house. Nice. Here's a quote. Um, we'll close with this. Um, I found uh, indoor air quality, 
problems are not limited to homes. In fact, many office buildings have significant air pollutant sources. From, that's taken from the EPA 2017. Mm-hmm. It, it, and you, you discuss some of this. Yes, yeah, so when we talk about impact, it's home, work, church, gym. An example, Jim will talk to people and say, my doctor says I have exercise-induced asthma. Where do you work out? <laughs> I work out in the parking lot of my gym. Okay, can, can we try somewhere else and you won't have exercise-induced asthma? I mean, really, sometimes it's that simple. Oh, that's great. Bill, it's been great having you as our guest today. It's, we're honored. Thank you very much. Thank you. We hope you consider visiting us in, uh, in the near future, really, really. Tom, I'd love to come back. That's great. You've been listening to The Modern Architect. I'm Tom Dior. Our guest today has been Bill Hayward, CEO of Hayward Lumber and Hayward Healthier Homes, a Bay Area-based firm dedicated to positively impacting human health and committed to building systems that work together synergistically to improve indoor living environment. Bill, what, again, please go to haywardscore.com. Haywardscore.com. Haywardscore.com for more information. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, influence, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. The Modern Architect is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and is a production of KZSU Radio. The recording engineer and production manager is Akshay Jaggi. Assistant engineer is McGregor Joyner, and we're all assisted by Bryce Carter. The executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. If you wish to contact us, our email address is interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Again, that's interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Thank you for tuning in. This is The Modern Architect, radio show and podcast. Support for KZSU comes from Modeler.com, a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com works with architects from architecture and design firms to discover, discuss, and specify products for their building projects. We at KZSU thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect.